Come on and give it up for Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. for freedom Woo. it sure feels good in the house today doesn't it just look at somebody on your right and tell them I'm free look at somebody on your left and say I might need to reintroduce myself to you because I'm not the same girl that sat down next to you this morning <laughs> hallelujah Woo. We're going to have a good time today. Now, don't be tired on me, all right? You women of fire. Women of fire. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for what you've already done in this house. We thank you for your word that came forth last night. We thank you for the word that was just deposited into us, God. We thank you for freedom. We thank you that there is no bondage. We thank you that there is no guilt, that there is no shame. We thank you that every curse is broken, dear God. And we thank you that the, that the breather is in the room today. <laughs> Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us fresh. Breathe on us new, dear God. Breathe out the chaff, dear Lord. We give you access this morning. In Jesus' name, give God the biggest shout of the day. Woo! Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to thank my new bestie. <laughs> Pastor Devin for having me here. I'm just telling you, she is little, but she is fierce. Yes, she is. And I want to thank the great leadership of this house, Pastor Devin, Pastor Kevin, and your precious family, all your babies, and the great leadership team of this place. Nothing happens on accident. You are seated right now in somebody's faith. <laughs> right? You are seated right now in somebody's faith. And I just believe today that all day long, we're just going to habitate with God. Amen? Amen? Have you ever stood outside in a field and felt the breeze all around you? Have you ever walked in the forest and heard the rustling of the winds and the leaves as they play in the wind? Have you ever stood with your feet on the sandy shoreline of the ocean and felt the breeze blow through your hair? Have you ever had a spouse or a baby be so close to you that they have breathed upon your neck or your cheek and you feel the tiny hairs? fluttering in that breath there is one word that would adequately describe all of those things how would you explain these feelings to somebody who has never experienced it see our English language is so limiting sometimes the native Eskimos of Alaska have 50 different words to describe snow Look at somebody and just say, we got gypped. <laughs> 
50 different words to describe snow. In the southeast, we employ the use of several different terms to describe rain. Drizzle, mist, downpour. But if I tried to explain the difference between a drizzle and a shower and a downpour to somebody in the Midwest, they might have trouble understanding me. The language that we use is important and it can get complicated. See, what we've come to read in our translations of the Bible, a spirit, wind, or breath are translated from one Hebrew word, ruah. The Old Testament scholar and theologian Walter Brueggemann says, the Bible struggles to find adequate vocabulary to speak about and name this unutterable, irresistible, undomesticated force that surges into history to liberate, to heal, to remake, and to transform. We are left with this code term, ruah, to speak about what we know, but we cannot say. Ruah is the very breath that God breathed into you at creation. Ruah is the wind that parted the Red Sea and allowed God's people to walk across on dry land. Ruah is the Holy Spirit that filled the upper room with a sound like a mighty rushing wind and sat upon all those who were in it, baptized them with cloven tongues of fire and empowered the early church and is still empowering us today. Ruah is the Hebrew word which means breath, spirit, wind. It's the natural force which represents in its extended meaning the breath of life in human beings and the creative infilling of the power of God and his spirit. God is on a mission at Women of Fire. And he has sent me here today to restore the Ruah. See, we don't just want a visitation. We don't just want a conference that we come to and we go home. We want a habitation. We want God to set up a dwelling place, not just in this building, but in this temple. If you're ready for habitation, I want you to shout to God, I'm ready for it, Lord. See, when we cry out for habitation, we cry out, breathe on us, oh God. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. I want you to turn with me to Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. If you haven't guessed, I'm not a slow starter. We already in this. Ezekiel 37 says, God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and sat me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. God the master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing the
the breath of life to you and you'll come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin and breathe life into you. You'll come alive and you'll realize that I am God. Ezekiel says, I prophesied just as I'd been commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound and oh, a rustling. The bones moved and came together, bone to bone. And I kept on watching. Sinews formed, then muscles on the bones, then skin stretched over the bones. But they had no breath in them. Now, what would it be like to watch a bunch of bodies be formed, but no breath on the inside of them? Dead men walking, if you will. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, Master God, only you know that. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones, dry bones, listen to the message of God. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, tell the breath. God, the master says, come from the four winds, calm breath, breathe on these slain bodies, breathe life. So I prophesied just as he commanded me. The breath entered them and they came alive. They stood upon their feet, a huge army. Today, God is going to restore the Ruah. He's going to restore your wind. He's going to restore your breath. Some of you are here and you feel like you've had the wind knocked out of you. You feel like you don't have your breath at all. You feel like a pile of dusty, dry bones. Some of you are tired. Your muscles are lacking connectivity and your bones are lacking strength. But not after today. <laughs> not after today. Maybe you're here and you're battling anxiety or you're in a distracted state. You feel like you've lost your rhythm. See, breath requires rhythm. Your heart has a beat. In his presence, and it's the only place that it happens, he's going to restore your ruah. Ezekiel's prophetic vision speaks directly to the people. They were a displaced people. They were lacking spirit. And God told Ezekiel to speak to the bones, to speak to the people. And God will put the flesh back on the bones. God told Ezekiel to call on the wind, the breath, to breathe on the bones so that they may live. Saying, I prophesied to them as you commanded me. And the breath, the ruah, came into them and they lived. The Ruah, the Spirit of God, the breath of God is present no matter where you are. You can run, baby, but you can't hide. Even if you are in a valley like these bones were, far away from home, you cannot run from the presence of God. Ezekiel was speaking to a pile of dusty bones, a people made 
just like us from the dust of the earth, but alive with the breath of an almighty God, alive with the Ruah. I am here today on assignment to remind you that you are not ordinary. You, baby, are out of this world. Just look to somebody sitting next to you and say, you are out of this world. Look at the other person. Tell them, you are out of this world. You are filled with the breath of God. You are filled with the wind of the Spirit. The unutterable, irresistible, undomesticated Ruah that liberates, heals, transforms, remakes. And it's in you from the inside out. We are inescapably filled with the Holy Spirit from our first breath to our last. As Paul reminds the early church, you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Stop trying to be fleshly. You are spirit first. Have you ever looked at somebody at an open casket funeral and said, that ain't them? It don't matter how good that makeup artist is. That is not them. Why? Because their real person has already left the building. You are spirit and you are life. Romans 6 verse 6 says, Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin miserable life no longer at sins every beck and call from now on think of it this way sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you some of you better stop conversating with languages that you were supposed to forget That language should be so foreign to you like you'd have to go through Rosetta Stone to be able to speak it. Sin's language. You cannot be in light and in darkness at the same time. Cut off your ties. She just spoke about it. Some of you have soul ties with a language you aren't meant to be talking. You are dead to sin and alive to God. See, that's what Jesus did. God speaks your mother tongue. And you hang on every word. Just as Paul reminded the early followers of Christ, I'm reminding you here today, you are filled with the breath of God, and so you should choose life accordingly. I am filled with the breath of God, because I can't talk like that. I am filled with the breath of God. I can't go there. I am filled with the breath of God. I can't think those thoughts. I am filled with the breath of God. I can't talk like that. Do some inventory. What areas in your life don't line up with, I am filled with the breath of God. And then have a cut party. Delete. Some of you need to take out your phone right now and go ahead and say, oh, when I talk to them, I revert to that old language. Yeah, there's a term called code switching. This ain't in the notes. But there's a term called code switching, and we as women do it a lot. That means whatever crowd we're around, we begin to talk like them. Honey, I don't know about you, but maybe we just need to evaluate our crowd. 
They say in your life that you will be the sum total of the five people that you spend the most time with. Check your circle. Check your circle. <laughs> if it talks like a duck, walks like a duck, chances are it's a duck. I believe that Paul was saying to the early church, you are filled with the divine breath of God. Live like it. We are not just flesh and bone. We have divine holy breath within us. Just as the dry bones did not live until the four winds of the Spirit had filled them, we cannot fully live unless we recognize that we are also filled with the holy breath of God. God, we repent for treating you like you're ordinary. We repent for treating you like you're just a friend. We repent for treating you like you're on our level. You are not ordinary at all, God. You are not ordinary at all. It is this divine breath, this ruah, that fuels our passions and animates our life. It calls us to action and elicits compassion and love. Don't got love in your life? Check your breath. Yes, that too. It's okay if you need to hand the person sitting next to you a mint. Sometimes we need a spiritual mint check, right? We got people who have spiritual halitosis. God is restoring the Ruah. And when he restores the Ruah, there are several things that he restores. And the first one of those things is that God is restoring our ability to cry. I just want to ask you a question. How long has it been since you cried? How long has it been since you really cried? I'm talking about a good cry. A cry where you feel like you're a new person when you get up. Because the old you is just so exhausted, there's no way it could ever come back. See, the first thing that happens when you're in the delivery room and you have a baby. I have four of them. They're not babies anymore, but they'll always be my babies. My youngest is here with me today. Stand up, Bella. I know she loves this. <laughs> but I remember in the delivery room, the first thing that happens when that baby is delivered is that they check for what? A cry. And baby, if it doesn't cry, we're in trouble. A cry signifies life. A cry signifies that I'm not dead on the inside. I am alive. And in heaven, your cry has DNA attached to it. Your cry is your thumbprint in heaven. And it doesn't matter which one of us are crying at whatever time. I can tell you this. Growing up in my house, all my babies have a different sound. And they don't even have to say, Mama, Pastor Devin. When they cry, there's a certain timbre to their voice. There's a certain distinction to their voice. I don't have to go look to see which one of them it is. I know their cry. It has DNA attached to it. And see, this is what the enemy likes to do. He likes to tell us, you're too emotional. 
Let me help you, ladies. God made you emotional. Stop trying to be a man because you ain't it. That's a whole nother message. I didn't come here to play. And let me just speak to the men who are in the room. You're emotional too. God wired us with purpose, on purpose. And what the enemy likes to do is come and say, you're too emotional. God doesn't like you. He likes to show us in our weakness. And we think that we have to come perfect before God. So we only present to him the parts of us that we think he likes. I don't know what a house with babies would sound like if they never cried. I believe that God is listening, that he has fine-tuned his ear to the earth, and he's saying, I'm looking for my daughters to cry again. I'm looking for my daughters to cry because a cry signifies, Daddy, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. God's going to restore our ability to cry. The second thing he does when he restores the Ruah is he restores our ability to author. He restores our ability to author. Try to speak without using your breath. It don't work. What in your world needs to be authored? What in your world are you looking at saying, "Uh uh-uh, I got to begin to talk different because right now I am living the sum total of the words I have spoken over my life. You've got to begin to frame your world with your words. Take your authority back. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if you are made in his divine image and you are, then you have the power to author your life. He's restoring our ability to author. The third thing that he does when he restores the Ruah is he restores our ability to sing. Sing, baby, sing. Sing like you're singing in the shower. Sing like you're singing when you don't think anybody else is listening. See, every established singer knows that breath is everything. You can't hit that high note. Breathe different. Breath is everything. Breath supports your tone. Breath supports your pitch. God's not just going to restore your voice, but he's about to round out your tone. See, I fear, Pastor Devin, that we've had a lot of screechy preachers in the word in the movement that we've been walking in, right? Because there's no support of the breath of God. When you listen and there's something lacking, when no conviction falls in the room and our altars aren't full, there's something wrong with the breath support. We need to begin to ask God to breathe on us again. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. When he restores the Ruah, He restores our ability to sing. John 7, 38 says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I remember being in choir in high school. And they would say, if you take a breath and your shoulders are moving, then you're breathing wrong. 
Because you don't breathe from your chest. You breathe from your diaphragm. You breathe from your belly. Put your hands on your belly right now because this is where your spirit lives. This is where the breath, the ruah, the wind of Holy Ghost lives. Psalms 103.1, David issued himself a command. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. See, soul means to breathe upon someone. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. See, in the beginning, God created man in his image and gave him dominion in the earth. And then God breathed into man and man became a living soul. See, when we set our mind, our will, and our emotions on the Lord, we are breathing on him. And I know he doesn't need it. Oh, but baby, he craves it. He says, I will go through the earth seeking worshipers, worshipers who will worship me in spirit and in truth. God is asking. He's seeking. He's looking for us to breathe on him again. How long has it been since you breathed on God? It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. See, God exhaled into our lives and we inhaled his life. So when we bless him with our soul, we are exhaling back to him the very life that he gave us. I just want you to take about 30 seconds and breathe on God right now. Breathe on him. Breathe on him, daughter. Psalms 150, verse 6 says, Let everything that hath breath. It's an old one, and I'm not going to sing it. But let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Sing to him. Sing to him on the mountain. Sing to him in the valley. Sing to him when you feel like your bones are dry. Sing to him when your mama and your daddy can't be found. Sing to him when you don't even have words. All you need is breath and a tune. Some of you in the spirit are going to begin to sing like this woman up here. I'm just telling you, I walked in this place last night, and Lord God, I don't know where she's at. I'm telling you, whoo. I said, is that live music, or is that a track somewhere playing? And then the, the dancers moved out the way. I said, Lord God, I'm about to take a whole lap. Some of you, God's about to supersize your song. He's about to supersize your song. He's about to make your song go on up levels. And I'm not just talking about one. I'm talking about all the way up. Tori, stand up where you're sitting, baby. God's about to elevate your song. He's about to elevate your song. He says, you'll find your ears are fine-tuned to heaven, and I'm going to begin depositing sounds of heaven into your belly. Open up your mouth. Hey! 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 If you need to get your song back, 
restore our song and when we get our song back he's about to restore our ability to give birth and I'm not talking about he's gonna do this tomorrow I'm talking about now now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly hey. right now right now Right now! Oh. God's about to restore our ability to give birth. I told you I have four babies. You can remain standing if you want. I'm just saying if it was mine and I knew it was my time to get it, I wouldn't let nothing stand in my way. We've been too passive with breakthrough. We've been too passive with breakthrough. That's why we stay stuck in cycles. She said it, we've got to begin to get militant. We are an army. Hey, we're not mannequins. We're not mannequins. We are a mighty army. God is restoring our ability to give birth. Now I went to one, one Lamaze class. One. My husband looked at me and said, we ain't doing this. <laughs> I said, I've been breathing my whole life. I think I got this down. But see, when you are in the labor and delivery room, the one thing that you have to be able to do, even before you can push, is that you gotta be able to breathe. And God is restoring our breath because it's time Zion travails and brings forth children. It is time for the mothers of God, the daughters of God, to begin to rise up and take our place and begin to give birth again. And I'm not talking about giving birth to Ishmael's. See, the problem with Ishmael's, Pastor Amanda, is that they look like us. We ain't giving birth to Ishmael's. We giving birth to Isaacs that look like God, that sound like God, that smell like God, that taste like God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, oh, God is restoring our ability to give birth. See, you didn't know it, but this room today is a birthing room. 
some of you are about to give birth to your own breakthrough. You don't need my hands laid on you. You need to ask God to breathe on you again. When the pain comes, what do they tell you? Breathe. When the contractions start to increase in intensity, they look at you and they say, breathe. When the pain is more than you can handle, breathe. When you don't feel like you have the strength left, breathe. Your breath supports your ability to give birth. That's why we walk around feeling like we got the breath knocked out of us. Because if the devil can keep you breathless, he can keep you from giving birth. Some of us just need to get the devil on 911 and say, You ain't taking my breath. You ain't taking my breath because I need breath to breathe. I need breath to give birth. See, there's something about the birthing room. Everybody ain't allowed in there. Some of you, it ain't the devil that's stealing your breath. It's the people you got in the room. It's the people you got in the room. See, everybody can't come in to the birthing process. And that's the problem. We want everybody to see us graduate from one level to the next. And God says this is a private thing. You can't ask everybody in. You know who's usually in the room? The mothers. Who did I want in my room when I had my four babies, my husband, and my mama? I wanted somebody in that room that knew what it took to give birth to life. That knew what it took to breathe and to usher in another life. And that's what we have got to do. We've got to get serious about letting God breathe on us again. God is restoring our ability to birth. He's restoring our ability to give birth to visions, to give birth to a sound, to give birth to a generation, to give birth to revival, to give birth to the prophetic. He is restoring the Ruah. Whoo! Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. The last thing that God does when he restores the Ruah is he restores the glory. He restores the glory. See, the only reason for God to give us a body was to pour his glory in a vessel. The breath of life that God breathed into man at creation, we have come to know and identify as the glory of God. See, this mystery that Paul writes about in the Gospels, the mystery that right now as we sit here at Women of Fire that the angels are looking into is Christ in us. 
the hope of glory. Just look at your sister and tell him, he is in you now. The hope of glory. See, when he restores the ruah, when he restores our breath, he restores the glory. And I know this, that the word of God says, the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. We got work to do, church. He's restoring the glory. The glory of God isn't just a feeling. This is why we don't keep the glory. The glory of God isn't goosebumps in church during the third song. The, The glory of God isn't an event. And it's not an experience. It's a spiritual tsunami of everything contained in the character of God. It is his DNA. Second Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. See, we are representatives. We are representatives of God the Almighty. We are representatives of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And a represent, now have you ever been at Christmas party and you've got a re-gift? I'm going somewhere and I'm closing. So the altar team, go ahead and come on up here because we about to end this and God's about to breathe big. (laughs) But have you ever been at one of those Christmas parties and you get a gift that somebody else already got? Or maybe, better yet, you get a gift at Christmas. You don't like it. Uh -uh. Everybody's got one of those aunts, those cousins that buy you a slip. Honey, we don't wear slips no more. Matter of fact, I tried wearing one of those a couple weeks ago and was reminded why I don't wear slips anymore. You know, you know the one I'm talking about. And you immediately go ahead and put that back in the gift bag it came in because you re-gifting that gift. See, we are representatives. Represent. We are supposed to represent the very God that breathes life into us and created us in his image. That's why we are here. We are walking, living epistles, read of all men. And I fear, Pastor Devin, that we have got to get on our faces before God. And we have got to repent for the way we have represented him. Breathless, lifeless, powerless. We ain't got power over our own flesh, much less to be able to prophesy. We got to repent for we can represent. 
We are representatives of God the Almighty. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. God is about to restore our ability to cry. He's about to restore our ability to sing. He's about to restore our ability to author. He's going to restore our ability to give birth. And he is going to restore his glory. The glory of this house. Pastor Devin, your best days are in front of you. Your best days are in front of you. They're not behind. Pastor Amanda said it last night. Whew. I'm going to probably misquote this, but I wrote it down and it was so powerful. I'll make you one of those little things that you post, you know. No, for real, it was literally that good. She said, we cannot carry the burden of greatness in our weakness. See, the reason the burden of greatness gets too hard for us to carry is because we can't carry greatness in this flesh. It is in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. See, if there's one thing I don't like to be, it's weak. But that's the very thing that God says you got to bring before me. Bring before me your weakness. Why is it that we like to come to God with our strength? Look at me, God. Look at what I've done for you. Look how mighty I am. Look at how powerful I am. And all the time he's saying that weak thing in you. That's the thing I'm looking for. Because when you bring that thing to me, that's when I can activate the Ruah in your life. That's when I can begin to breathe on you. If you need God to breathe on you in your weakness, I want you to stand all over this place. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to begin to activate. Activate the power of the Holy Ghost in you. Speak in other tongues. Begin to pray in the Spirit. Put your hands on your belly. That's where your spirit lives. Begin to activate the breath of God on the inside of you now. Shake your that's it. That's it. Yes. Yes. Breathe, Shorter. Shorty, Hey, 
your spirit. Yes, God. Yes, God. Pastor Devin, is it okay for me to call your altar workers? Yes. Come on, altar workers. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Sherry and Bokora Bodabosita. Here's what we're going to do, daughters. Here's what we're going to do. Pastor Devin said, all weekend this weekend, we're going to let a tsunami overtake us. A tsunami in the spirit. And here's what I know, that a tsunami isn't activated by the wind. It's actually activated by the force of the earth underneath, underneath the sea, underneath the ocean. And I know this, when Zion travails, she brings forth children. I believe right now that a spiritual tsunami is about to overtake us. The earth is moving underneath our feet. We're never gonna be the same. We're never gonna be the same. We're never gonna be the same. stages of a tsunami and I'm not gonna preach all of those so don't get nervous I got nine minutes and we're gonna get it I promise you that but we're gonna skip the first three stages because the last stage of a tsunami is called the run-up it's called the run-up there's probably a better name for that she might even give that to you. But it's called the run-up. And if you want the ruah and the power of God on you, I want you to run up. I want you to run up. Get up. 
care if you have to run in place, but one thing I want to do is stand still. We're running up on it, God. We're running up on it, God. Breathe, oh God. Breathe. 